Well, there we go, guys. Welcome to Table Tennis Sunday Live with myself, Ryan. We've got a living legend on today. He's given up his time to be with us. John Michel Save. Obviously, those clips we saw there, you know, capture exactly what type of player and what type of uh, fight that you were. So many great achievements. Um, I'm going to list a few now, but before I do, I'll let the guys introduce themselves as well. So, uh, I'm John Murphy. Uh, thanks, Ryan, for the introduction. Uh, John, me, I have to say it's a pleasure to, to have you on as our first guest. Obviously, this is a new show, and last week was our first episode, and we, we, we thought of no one better to have as our first guest. Um, obviously, complete legend of our sport, and really looking forward to hearing your experience and your thoughts today. Welcome, Jean-Mi. My name's Keith Knox. Um, truly inspired to have you part of our show. Um, I grew up um, with my brother, similar to yourself with your brother, playing, and um, you inspired countless hours of me playing table tennis, so it's truly a great privilege to have you part of the show today. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, thanks. I'm proud and uh, yeah, happy to be, to be uh, there with you today, yeah. How does it feel, Jean-Mi, watching those clips back? Well, it's nice. Uh, it's nice to 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 watch uh, those games. Some fantastic uh, because I know the there are some happy hands. Some I know there are some not happy hands, like against Toriola in uh, in Beijing in 2008. He, he played really a fantastic game, as we saw on that point. Uh, and then, of course, the big victory with Walner in the Europeans when we were at that time uh, number one and number two and leading the world ranking. In fact, so uh, the European were. Uh, I don't say greater than today, but at that time, Europe was uh, on the top of the world. Certainly was. And I'm just going to list now some of the things that you've done in your career. Obviously, there's so many, but I've captured uh, the main ones that I see. Seven Olympic, Olympic Games, Games when Tablelands came in in 1988 up until 2012. And in two of those games, in 96 and 2004, you were the flag bearer for Belgium. How did that feel? Um, having all your fellow athletes behind you when you're walking in the stadium? Well, I think this is the, the strongest image. Uh, I mean, when you, when you are small kids and you look at the Olympic Games, the first thing you see is the opening ceremony with the flag bearer in front of uh, all the delegation. So uh, uh, it was a great honor for me to, to, to be chosen in, in 96. And uh, I was hoping that, uh, that uh, I, was, I, I could be the flag bearer in 96. Uh, in 2004, I have to say it was totally a, a big surprise. I was still at home and it was Justine and I was supposed to, to be the flag bearer, but she had a match the next day. So uh, she decided and they decided together that uh, she would focus on her game and not to, 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 to go to the opening ceremony. So they called me, I was still in Belgium and then they fixed uh, a place in the plane. So I took the, the, the flight, in fact, on the, on the day of the opening ceremony in Belgium. I uh, was lucky enough, it was in Athens, so not that long trip, but uh, I just arrived and behind me they closed the door of the village before going to the opening ceremony. So the second time was really uh, amazing because totally unexpected. Fantastic. 1994, we saw the clip, European champion. That was the first major championships that I was part of in 94. So that was the first image I saw, John Chelsea winning European championship. And then okay. obviously uh, that inspired me greatly. World number one for 515 days, from the 9th of February, 94, to the 8th of June, 95, and then again, 26th of March, 96, until um, 24th of April, 96. 515 days at the top of the world. How did that feel? 
Yeah, this was this was really crazy. Uh, I was running after that place after several big, uh, let's say, finals because I was in the finals in the Europeans in '92 against uh, Roskopf, and then against Gatia in '93 in the World Championship. So I was always close. I was like four, three, two in the world ranking, and in 1993, '94, I mean, Valdi was like uh, really, really strong. I beat him in '93 in the semi-final, but '92 he won Olympic games, and then for for a few months he won like uh, every big tournament. So uh, when I reached the number one of the world after winning the top 12 in '94 uh, in Arezzo, it was like uh, like a dream, a strongest moment. And if you remember, the, the world ranking system that time was really hard because uh, when you had a, a loss, it cost really a lot of uh, points. Yeah. So uh, it was really, really hard. And I like to play it, so I played quite a lot. Uh, and so to stay like uh, more than 500 days in a row on the top in front of Walner, Garcia, Roscoff and the Chinese, because sometimes they say, yeah, this generation was not so strong. But if you remember one Tao Mawenge, Mawenge won two World Cup. It was, uh, he was a very strong Chinese and he played really, really long. So, uh, yeah, this is for me the biggest achievement in my career. Well, I remember defeats did hurt badly on the world ranking, and that's why I, I was 175. I couldn't get higher than 175. <laughs> yeah. 1994, top 12 winner uh, in Italy. Um, world silver medal, 93. World Cup silver medal in 1994 and 2003. And then, obviously, the world team silver, which we saw you, you and your brother running around there in Japan. Uh, myself, I think, John, you were there as well watching that in the stands. Is that right, John? No, not quite. No, I wasn't at that one. Um, I think my first real memory, John May, was probably when you played in Aarhus and you managed to get to the final of the Europeans uh, against Samsonov. And uh, obviously, we've seen some clips there. But yeah, that was probably my first first introduction to seeing you really, really live while I played and played in Aarhus was my first European Championship. So, so yeah, that was well, a amazing longevity memory. of great results as well, isn't it? It was such a big period of getting to finals and being at the pinnacle of the sport. Belgian Sports yeah. Personality of the Year, 91 and 94. Sports Personality of the Year. How did that feel? Yeah, this is great. I mean, 91 was, uh, it could seem to be early, but uh, I reached already the, the semi-final of the World Cup with Belgium. We were also in semi-final in the World Championship. Uh, I reached top 10 in, in the world. I played the final of the Swedish Open uh, against Appleprint that year. So... Uh, yeah, it was it was amazing to be in front of all uh, big cyclists, soccer players, other top athletes. And okay, '94, this was of course my best year. I nearly won every tournament except the World Cup, in which I had a match ball against Gatien. But this was uh, European Masters, European Top 12, European Championships, Champions League, uh, European League with Belgium. I was really, really on the top. So yeah, this is amazing. And at that time, all the matches from Village Charleroi in the European Cup and with the national team, they were live on TV. So uh, I have to say that uh, my generation in Belgium, we were quite popular because we had results and because the match was seen on TV. So it helps a lot, of course. Well, another couple of things that I picked out on the internet, and you can tell me if they're right or wrong. Uh, your father was number 10 in Belgium as a player. Yeah, and that's right, And your mother won the double championships and she was pregnant at the time with yourself. Is that true? Yeah, this is why I say I'm the only player who have a title in the two gender. So, <laughs> I had a woman even before I was born, but I was pushing her on the short ball. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, 
last week we spoke about how good players become great. Um, obviously, you can give us your, your view on that. And John's got the first question to kick that off. Yeah, John, me, just uh, the question, how, how did you how did you go from being a good player, I suppose, you know, a player who who was who was at that level, you know, maybe making his way in the international game to become the great player that you did become, you know, winning all those titles as we as we discussed and, you know, becoming becoming the player that you did become. Where where was where did that transition come? Um, I think I have to say quite early because uh, I was playing in the national team already when I was 13 years old. I was number four in Belgium and that year in the first league in Belgium, I had like 90% of victory and uh, I lost in the European Championships cadet in the last 16. But uh, Milan German from uh, Czechoslovakia at that time was the current European champion. So he stayed one more year cadet. And if I wanted to, to, to try to, to beat him, I had to move and to go to another country to play the league. So I went to play in Germany. It's not far for, for me. It was like 80 kilometers from home. So I have to thank my parents. They were driving me like and my brother like three times a week to go there and practice and to, to reach another level. And after one year playing in second Bundesliga, I had 50% uh, of victory, but the practice with the first team was possible in Jülich. And then, uh, yeah, I beat German in the final of the European Championship cadets one year later. So uh, this was my first step and my first belief that I could, uh, let's say, fight with the best uh, Europeans of my age. And still that time, we didn't have really a coach in Belgium. So this is only after 84 that Milan Stenzel arrived in Belgium and that we, we started to have an organized practice. So uh, my organized practice in Belgium only started when I was my first year junior. So I think all came with the self-confidence and believing that it was possible to to fight with the best European players. And then it was goal by goal in cadets and then in, in, in junior and then, of course, in senior and then it went on. So we talked about the environment uh, that you need yourself and you said your personal um, goals in terms of going from stage to stage but the people around you have to believe as well. Did you, obviously you had that, but can you describe that? Um, uh, of course, um, because uh, our parents, they were table tennis players, so both of them, I think they, they, they understand it, uh, they understood and they understand it, how, how it, how it was. Uh, I think they always helped Philip and me, and they also saw in our eyes that uh, we were, let's say, uh, hungry to go on and try to improve step by step. Mm. Maybe it makes it a little bit easier for them as well when you have your child and you see that they really want to improve uh, weekend by weekend. And then when you, you drive them to the competition and uh, let's say 90% of the, t the time you come back with the cup and the winning uh, prize, then it's, it's, mm. it's easier for the parents also. And uh, yeah, I think they were like the first... I don't like to say supporter or fan, but the first people who, who helped us really to, to, to go left and right, to practice and to go to competition. And then when the results are there, of course, the motivation is there. And then you just want to improve step by step and then to the next level and next level and so on. And talking about belief, um, obviously, you know, you've got fantastic self-belief. Can you believe that you have you know, went on to take part in and, you know, be really, really successful in seven Olympic Games, um, more than most competitors across any sport. You know, that's a phenomenal feat. Um, which is your favourite uh, Olympic Games and why would you say so? 
Uh, of course, when I was that young, I never believed that I would have such a long career because everybody said that I spend so much energy behind the table, that I have a very physical game, that I'm running so much behind the table. And uh, at that time, nearly everything was the forerun and step around. So uh, uh, many people said, OK, we'll have a short career because he will, uh, will lose some, uh, some energy in one moment. But uh, I always try to put the Olympic Games like a goal, you know, in the in the midterm, like four years to four years. So this was a challenge. And then in the meantime, of course, you have uh, many other uh, tournaments and competition. To choose one Olympics is very difficult because they are all all different. And uh, in the end, I always take the first one because it was like a dream when I was a small child when I watched. Uh, Olympic Games with uh, Nadia Comaneci in 76 or Carl Lewis in, in 84. Table tennis was not uh, part of the game that time, so I was like disappointed. And then when table tennis arrived in the game in Seoul in 88, this was like a dream and it was possible. So, uh, But it was nearly, uh, let's say, a miracle for me to qualify for Seoul because in the European qualification, I had to beat five guys who were better ranked than me to qualify and I did it. And in the last big game, I beat Carl Preen, and I think I was down to 258 in the last game, but then I managed to win, uh, I think, 25-23. And so I, I got my ticket, and then it was the beginning of a fantastic journey. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Um, you've said you are an inspiration for us, along with Volna and Gatian and Woskov and these players. Who was your inspiration when you were younger? Oh, difficult to say because uh, with uh, our parents, we went to see the, the first European Championships in 80 in Bern. When I would say, a little bit surprisingly, John Hilton won in very special <laughs> circumstances with this uh, one color black rubber with anti spin and uh, in this windy uh, ice skating hall. But nevertheless, I had the signature from all the top players. Um, I don't know, I like Orlovsky, I like uh, Secretar, I like Klampa, I like all of them. We, when we went back, we had a, a table at home and my brother and me, we tried to copy the players. We tried to, to, to copy Klampa, Junior, Secretar, Hilton, you know. That's well, not, I saw, you know, John, I saw John trying to copy you before, just before we came on air. John, <laughs> you rolling your shorts up really high? <laughs> yeah, copy. Tommy. Special, special, uh, special <laughs> short. <laughs> Brilliant. I have a shoot today. Sorry, I can't do it. <laughs> that's, it. Uh, that's it. I'm I'm out of here. I'm on, I'm I'm finished. I'm I was only here to keep shorts. Never. We'll move on. Yeah. Brilliant. Um. Yeah, uh, Johnny, tell us what. And I think you, you you alluded to it earlier on. But what is the biggest uh, highlight of your career? If you had to, if you had to say, you know, what, where did you get the most satisfaction of winning which competition or which accolade or um, for you? When I answer this question, I always pick up the European top twelve. Uh, I was number two in the world ranking. I lost the year before the uh, the years before the final of Europeans and World Championships and. Uh, I didn't want to lose again in a big final one more time. And I knew before the match, if I could win, then I would become world number one. So uh, when I won against Valdi 3-2, uh, that match 
this is the only time in my career when I went back to the dressing room that I couldn't uh, get back my breath. So I was like even in panic and like afraid. I was, <laughs> but I think because I was, uh, it was too much, uh, yeah, emotional for for me that time. Mm-hmm. Of course, when you won the one month later the Europeans, you know, in the mind of the people, top 12 is great. Or oh, it was greater, I would say, before when it was really top 12. No, I think the the level of the competition, how they, they do it, it's different. But uh, uh, many people say, okay, you won a tournament, but not one of the major ones. So uh, even if I was ranked number one and Walner number two, still everybody believed that time that Walner was the big favorite. So it was nice to to play against him in the final and and to show to, 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 to the world that uh, I deserve that place and uh, that I won a big, uh, big major. Yeah. And like every sport, um, there's some great rivalries. Like in tennis, we have Federer, we have Nadal. Um, in your um sort of a career coming forward, you had you had quite a lot of uh, top rivalries. You had Waldner, Kong, Gatian, Primorak, Roscoff, Person. Um, who would you say is your greatest rivalry? Oh, it's difficult. <laughs> It's the, it's it's really really difficult to say. My two biggest title, uh, top twelve, I would say, and uh, and uh, Europeans. I beat Walner in the final, so this is like beating Federer or Nadal yeah. uh, in uh, other sport uh-huh. and winning. Uh, but Valdi is like uh, I think four four and a half years older than me. So if I have to take more, uh, I would take guys. From my generation, like uh, Gatien, Primoac, Roscoff, because mm-hmm. we are from the same uh, same year, so yeah. uh, I would pick up them I- instead of Walner. Walner, it was like different because when you played him, you had like nothing to lose. It was like apart, above all of us, so not so much pressure to play against him. You could play free, uh, but he was just a, a, a genius. And after, of course, came so many, so many. So many Chinese. I mean, even before I I played against Guo Yehua and I played against Malone. So <laughs> this yeah. is amazing. How many <laughs> Chinese I I compete against? <laughs> but I remember yeah. there was a period with Volna um, where you you had him in terms of he couldn't beat you for a period. I can't remember the, the exact figures, but around 94, 95, you were beating him quite regular, would you? Around that time. <sighs> Uh, I, I think apart Jorgen Persson, who has a really good uh, results and statistic with uh, with Yeo, I, I think I was the European who has the best score. I was one moment really, really close to 50-50 with him mm-hmm. uh, because I could I could receive quite okay his half long service. I could start and then try to push him back and 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 run with with uh, my my forehand everywhere. So. My statistics against him were not uh, not that bad, quite good, but, you know, he was the best anyway. <laughs> well, he's, he's on in a few weeks, so we'll ask him, maybe he'll say you were his great rival as well, when we ask him the same question. Ah, it would um, be uh, <laughs> another yeah, right. <laughs> How influential was Coach Wang in your progress to world number one? Um... I, I think I was very lucky in my career that I had from, let's say, uh, 85 till 89, Milan Stenzel, who came in Belgium. And he was a really, really hard coach. You know, uh, mentally, he was he was hard with the group of the of the player. Uh, but 
I think it was in the right time for us because we were teenagers from 15 to, to 19 and uh, he pushed us and we learned a lot. And after when he left, I think we all could practice alone, let's say without a coach, because he managed the discipline and, and we learned that. And then uh, when he left, arrived Mr. Wang. And uh, Mr. Wang was, of course, a total uh, different, um, he had a totally different personality. And, and I would say this was more specific things, small details, uh, more on service, receive. And as he was Chinese, I think he gave me the confidence that they are also human beings with feelings. Maybe we don't see it so much, but uh, they are also like, uh, you know, they have to win. They are also afraid. And then... Uh, uh, it, gave, it gave me the confidence that it's possible to beat them and this is how step by step uh, I was 40 when Mr. Wang arrived and step, step by step we had some results till the, the first place of the world. I was told by a reliable source that he's great at magic. Mr. Wang, he's got a very fast sleight of hand. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, with cards he's unbelievable. He's like David Copperfield. <laughs> and then Milan's then, I knew I knew Milan when... Um, he was coaching uh, the French team, so he's coaching Armand Fung. I was coaching Terry Young. I think it was the Swedish Open or something. And I had to stop Terry Young and Milan Stenzel going outside to fight each other because there was a bit of discussion about Terry's serve. So it all, I had to calm things down. It was getting a little bit heated. So he's a very passionate man, isn't he, Milan? Yes, yes, with, with of course, a very, very strong character. So uh, <laughs> I know that for... Uh, I would say some people which are maybe uh, mentally a little bit uh, uh, more weak, I would say it's difficult to, to, to pass with him. I know, I know some, 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 some players, it was too much. But if you understood that it was for your interest, then you pass over this, let's say, passion and reaction from, from Milan, but it was just... He was just pushing the, the, the athletes to, to, you know, to try to reach another level. If you understood this, then, then, then you fit with him. If you, don't, if you thought, okay, the, he's just too hard and some people didn't like him, yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I suppose uh, it's an interesting question, I think, and, and I, I would like to also, on this question, I'd also like to hear from Ryan and, and Keith because they're both in a similar situation to you. Um, what was it like playing with Philippe, your brother, in the same team? And I know Ryan and Keith also played with their brothers. So, so it's a, it's a, I suppose it's a question for everybody. But if we have your, your, your answer first, Johnny. Uh, so I need, I need to go to a red sofa and to speak to a psychologist uh, <laughs> and to tell all the, all the story. And then you should ask my brother as well the same. Uh, no, on. On, on, on one side, it's just great and fantastic. Uh, I would say first for our parents, because they don't have to drive from one sport to another sport, from table tennis to basketball or whatever. So it makes it a little bit easier. And then for Philip and me also uh, easier, because uh, time to time we could practice uh, together. And then, uh, yeah, to win the European League with your brother in the team, it's just fantastic to, to beat uh, China in Belgium home. Uh, it's fantastic with your brother to reach the, the second place in the World Championship after beating Sweden with your brother. It's fantastic. 
Um, and on the other side, uh, yeah, to play the final of the Belgium Championships, I don't know, 10 times against each other in the final, it's uh, it's between fantastic and a nightmare because it's against your little brother. He wants to win, you want to win. Your parents, they can't show one that they are so happy and they can't show the other one that they are, you know, <laughs> totally unhappy. And sometimes it's also... Um, difficult because when it's your uh, let's say colleagues or partner who is playing emotionally it's it's hard but when it's your brother it's even stronger so uh, uh, when it's 19 old for your brother your heart is uh, you know <laughs> going so fast and when you have to play a few minutes later it's not easy or when you play individual competition and you pick up the ball and your brother is playing next table of course you you look the 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 results to know how much it is. So uh, uh, I think we have been through so many different things that it was fantastic. Of course, sometimes difficult because you know when we play against each other, it's uh, it's not the best uh, the best match. But uh, in the end of the career, it's just amazing that we we have achieved so much together. Ale, you speak, Keith. Uh, you can tell your your story if you want first. Uh, well, I think it's quite unique because, um, as you were saying about the parents, um, you know, getting involved and you know they 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 they, they can't show um favoritism one kid over the other. I think that was quite unique because John used to always tease me that my that that Jervis had to let my let me win and and it's you know it you know just to stop uh arguments and rivalries in the house. So it was it was quite it was quite funny, but at the same time. It's quite um, it's quite a good thing to have because you know I was able to you know to practice with um my older brother he was two years older so I was able to practice with him um every day you know from nine years old um I think because I was younger I do feel like I had a greater benefit because I always had a a role model and an inspiration you know to to look towards um so also I think then you get to that level quicker um and i think once you get to that level quicker the opportunities you know come your direction personally from a younger um you know being two years younger but i know ryan for you it was slightly opposite oh yeah i can compare it to john me i used to have to push my brother all the time and you know we it was, it'd be great in this time in lockdown if i had my brother practicing with me that'd be fantastic but watching his matches my, you know, my heart be going and clapping for him and I would have to go on the next match then and try and deliver because you know you invested your time in his match and then you go invest your time in your match but playing each other in the final of the Welsh Championships many times and yeah you know it's always nice to have the winner's trophy you know when mm -hmm. you're coming back in the car but it is nothing wrong with that Brilliant. <laughs> I'm just yeah, uh, just, uh, yeah go ahead Joe. just to confirm that that, that, that is true uh, I did witness. I did witness the match that Jervis let you win. So just to confirm to our to our listeners that it is it is, it is, it is, a, it is a true statement that he did let you uh, win. So it was funny because I I believe um Jomi, you know Column Slevin quite well. Um, yes, yes. And he he was there, and I think he also verified that story. <laughs> okay. Okay. And you know, just yeah, just... I played several times with him. I played several times with him. Uh, I I played even him ninety three first or second round in uh, when I reached uh, the 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 final of the World Championships. And of course, before when when Belgium was in the same uh, category as uh, uh, as him. So uh, yeah, it was yeah yeah, That's it funny. was a rival at that time. Yeah. 
that's amazing. And you know, obviously, um, you know, it was around this time last year you obviously retired, and you know, what an amazing career to look back on. If you were to look back on and reposition yourself back into one match to have another go at it, which match would you would you put yourself back into? You mean if I want to change or if I want if you to, want to, to change or we... if you want to relive it, you know, for you know amazing performances, or if you wanted to relive it to to change it. Okay. Uh... Let's say the, let's say the positive things. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I, uh, I I will surprise you. I would take I would take because now now uh, the situation would be different because it would be uh, live on TV uh, or on streaming. Uh, I would take China Open that I won in '93. Uh, I think I was the, the, the first non-Chinese to win China Open 93 and I beat all three Chinese quarter, first three quarterfinal, semifinal, final. I was alone without any coach and I don't have one picture, one image of that now. And uh, mm-hmm. I think it would be even bigger uh, today if, if people could, uh, could, if I could, even if people could see it. So I would not go to top 12 or, or, or Europeans, but that's that moment because it was just incredible it was full hall and people they were like quiet they were like totally astonished how it's possible that these belgium guys he beat like lulin and wang tao and mawengi you know three three best chinese in a row and uh, so, so i would take that that match Maybe. and the other one i don't want to sing again about it no i will take <laughs> uh, i will take uh, I will not take the final of the World Cup of the World Championship because anyway it's great results even if I lost. But uh, uh, I've been to to seven Olympics and this is the only competition where I uh, I don't have medal. So uh, if I could re- replay the quarterfinal against Corbell in '96 um, and uh, hopefully win then, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I would I would change. It was crazy because I was playing really really well. Until the quarterfinal, I didn't lose any game. Uh, I had Peter Franz, Florea in the group. Then I beat uh, Zoki Primarac 3-0 really easy in the last 16. But then for the first time, because of the schedule, it was one day off between last 16 and quarter, which normally you never see. You have this between team and singles, but not in the middle of the single competition. And I didn't go to practice. I had a little bit pain on my shoulder, so I lost a little bit my rhythm. And then uh, Corbel, I played always hard, like 50-50 against him. So he started very well. I couldn't enter the game. And then uh, too fast. That's it. Very good. Well, we've come to the end. But before we leave you go, Jomi, and thank you very much for expanding on all your thoughts and uh, knowledge. We've got a task that we're going to ask each guest. So you're the head coach and you can choose yourself. But it has to be um, players from different countries to choose three men and three women who would be in your Oh, I think Ryan has been disconnected uh, a little bit. Um, I'll follow up. Yeah. So um, three men, three women, different countries, any generation, who's in your team? Oh, sorry, guys. I don't know what happened there. What happened? I think uh, you disconnected. He did disconnected <laughs> How far yeah, did I get? Yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah. Internet didn't want you to finish the, the last question. 
You can edit that. Three, three players, three different uh, generation, and uh, from the world or Europe, or I just go to from Europe. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Your choice. Okay. If I go only European, I would say uh, uh, Warner, Samsonov, and uh, okay, I should say Timo, but then I will say Gatien. Okay. <laughs> and uh, but of course, but of course, uh, it's difficult to live on the side Malone, Wang Li King, and Fan Zhengdong. I mean, uh, um, maybe my choice is not so smart. They are great players, but <laughs> to live on the side Malone, Fan Zhengdong, Wang Li King. But let's say, okay, we are you, we are European, and we fight, and uh, we put Hugo Yang as number four, me as number four, and we fight. Come on, let's go. And <laughs> <laughs> for women, uh, for women. Uh, um, uh, Deng Yaping was unbelievable, uh, Ding Ning, but then uh, um, uh, I would say, uh, as European from my generation, then I would take Lisa Cope. Uh, Batofi was amazing, was with her service, and uh, uh, I would take uh, one more now. Uh, from this generation, uh, uh, such fantastic, cool. well, well, such is for entertainment, uh, you know. We have to put the screen, yeah. <laughs> Jomi, thank you very much for joining us today on Sunday and giving up your time. Um, I know you're busy, you're busy doing uh, so many things with decathlon and. and everything else with the Olympic Committee and different things. You've got a big bike race or, or bike session later on that you've told us about. Thanks for giving up your time. Really appreciate it, guys. Um, can we put our hands together for John Me? Say thanks. Imagine. Thank you very much, John Me. <laughs> thanks a lot. It was my pleasure as well. Thanks I enjoyed so doing it. See you Good. soon. Take care. Thank All you, John Me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Wow, boys, that was amazing, wasn't it? Oh, what a guy, yeah? What a legend. Uh, giving up his time, so enthusiastic, so knowledgeable, really, and um, it's good hearing the insights, isn't it, to how he felt at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say, you know, you can really see how much how much he loves table tennis, and I think that that's my memory of him. I remember when I went into the practice hall, Ryan, oh, Ryan you said it was 94 for you. I think it was probably 2000 and four for me in Qatar World Championships and he was one of the legends obviously the game at that stage and just seeing his desire and and you know he wanted to win every ball even just in the practice hall and I think that came out for me in his interview tonight you know I just I just think the love that he has for the game and the and the competitor that he is you know he still remembers all those memories like it was yesterday. Well I'll tell you what he is good that is when you're in the hall around in practice hall or the plane arena and he'll always say hello to you and I played in Belgium a few years, so I got to know him a little bit better through that way. But even before that, he was always ready to have a chat or say hello. And um, that's the type of guy he is, really. You know, being a youngster, like I said, my first championship was 94. And as you would as a young guy, just you know, staring at these top players. And yeah. um, But then, obviously, to interview him later on is, is a great, great thing It's funny because I grew up um, with VCR tapes, and one of the tapes that we had... Um, was him, you know, I, I think it was against Samsonov at the time, and, you know, 
think of the amount of people he has inspired with his physicality and the rolling up of the shorts and you know he's just such a, a complete warrior a fighter and um you know it's it's just it's amazing to hear his perspective and you know things that you know made the difference for him and i think going forward you know it'll it, it could tweak the way we coach and you know personally for me there's definitely things there that i've learned and i'm hoping to take forward well obviously some of the clips we showed was him you know back off the table, getting the ball back and being spectacular. But I remember the way he used to play, so ferocious, getting his forehand in from everywhere. He was legs are huge, serve, and he was in with his forehand all the time. The back end then developed greatly um, as, as the career moved on as well. But he was such an all-round player, wasn't he, John? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, you touched on it there, forehand runner, and he said it himself, you know, that was his game. But, you know, when I came in, Playing international team is, you know, as you say, his backhand was really good, his block was really good, his half long was really good. So he obviously he obviously developed and and you know made made those parts of his game really good. So you know, I have to say the real for me, uh, probably one of my favorite players and and the, the complete player, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, really 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 thrilled to to hear him and hear what he had to say. Well, I played him about two or three years ago in the Belgian league, and it was I know he was way past his best then, but it was one of one of the best matches I've been involved in. You know, the feeling I got playing him. I didn't beat him, obviously. That would have been great uh, to say you beat him. Never mind if he was uh, coming to the latter part of his career. But that was one of the matches that stood out for me. And I watch it back on YouTube from time to time. So it's a spectacular match. Yeah, he's a legend, boys. Good. Uh, really enjoyed that. Thanks very much, boys. Yeah, next week, we've got another character coming, coming over to our screens. Uh, Johnny Cohen. Absolutely. Of the ITTF, obviously Johnny's going to be discussing some of the new developments with the ITTF and the, the grand smashes and uh, all the other things that are coming our way from the ITTF. And Johnny, as the voice of World Table Tennis, uh, once he was he was called, it's going to be good to have yeah, Johnny on. Absolutely. Um, Here's a week. I'm going to be overawed. The Irishman. Have yeah. a go at me. What's going to happen then next week, boys? <laughs> oh, I tell you, crazy. What are you talking about, Ryan? I'm wearing an Australian shirt. <laughs> yeah right well we look forward to Johnny next week guys thanks for tuning in um, we've had a good good laugh this week John Muir has been great and we can't wait till next Sunday so stay safe Brilliant. take it easy and we'll see you then thanks boys see you later Absolutely. As the sport ripples and really starts to achieve its high standards that we know it can and its reach, everybody's picked up a bat at some point. So mm. ITF and all partners involved, trying to take the game, build out the pyramid, the performance pyramid and the participation pyramid, and then for our events to make them super duper top level events.